0: Hey, Chris. What's up? Check this out. I invented a new musical instrument. Watch this. Ooh. Tell me if you can hear this. Can you hear that?
1: I heard that. Sounds interesting. Sounds like Woody Woodpecker.
0: (laughs) All it is is a straw. It's a McDonald's straw. All right, now check this out. <laughs> Fucking brilliant Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Guns in Radio podcast And now, give it up for your hosts, Chris Caputo
1: and Dustin Bone. Hey, yo. Before I was fucking cut off there. God damn it. <laughs> That's okay. We, we try and invent some cold opens here. Welcome to episode number 119, bonus show two of two, and also the, the, basically the last episode right before the season two finale, which is yeah, this last, coming Monday.
0: The last full episode. Yeah. Not to mention, Shotcast Saturday is coming up this weekend.
1: Yeah, and uh, you don't want to listen to that Shotcast because we're going to reveal the song that we're going to be reviewing for the season two finale on there. So definitely want to listen to this week's edition of Shotcast Saturday coming up in just two days' time. That's right, and
0: we're going to do something a little different on Shotcast this week. We're going to be reviewing the song "What I Want" by Daughtry featuring Slash.
1: Yeah, get so, some uh, more of Slash on other artists' songs, because he's been on a few, actually.
0: Oh, yeah. So that's a good way to uh, to bring the Summer of Slash, at least on Shotcast to a close. But I will give you just a quick hint as to what song we have chosen for the season finale. It is a Slash song, and mm-hmm. we are bringing the Summer of Slash to its final conclusion on our season finale. So... That's something to look forward to. We're tying it all together, man. it all
1: together. Hell yeah, man. Got Synergy between the main show and the shot cast. You know, we to got to keep that synergy intact.
0: Yeah, it's nice to know the same people do. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, we got pretty good hits
1: on our freaking shot cast. Can't complain.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. And uh, you guys have been really good to us. We keep asking you to do these bonus show goals. You keep doing them. And then we keep making bonus shows. So here we are again. Oh yeah. Uh to say thank you once again. Anyway. There will be
1: more uh, bonus show goals coming. I'm not I have a, one or two in mind right now. I'm not going to reveal them here. We'll we'll reveal them maybe on the season 3 premiere or sometime once we get season 3 rolling. So
0: Oh yeah, season 3 uh premiere. Oh yeah, we're going to do it live.
1: Woo, so, for the third time in the history of this podcast we're going live.
0: Yeah, the second time was kind of uh On a whim.
1: Literally off the cuff. We're like, well, that (laughs) just happened. Let's fucking do it.
0: Yeah, we've been putting out a lot of content on this channel lately, so it'll be good to go back to the way things used to be, I guess, a little bit. One way or another, somehow. (laughs) Get back to a state of normalcy. But uh, our song of the day is going to be 14 years. So we thought it would be nice to take a look back At maybe not every little thing, but just highlight the last 14 years as a GNR fan. What was it like for us? Going all the way back to 2007. So all you guys listening to this way in the fucking future. It's (laughs) 2021 right now. So when I say the last 14 years, 2007 to 2021. At the time that this aired, so... Got that out of the way. And uh, that way something history-making happens, which, you know, would be our luck between now and the time that this airs. Uh, Yeah. I doubt it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I doubt it too. So, uh, the first thing I've got listed here is we're going to go... We're going to begin in 2007... Now listen to this headline, and let me tell you if this takes you back. On February 23rd, 2007, Dale James announced that the recording stage of Chinese Democracy had been completed, and the band had now moved on to mixing the album, mentioning after some delays and some scheduling, scheduling, scheduling <laughs> difficulties, things appear to be moving along. However, it this proved that the March 6th release date would be impossible to achieve. And the album was once again had no scheduled
1: release date. That was probably, what, the 16th time it got fucking delayed? Supposed to be 2000, then 2001, then 2002, and then they just stopped giving a shit until 06.
0: Yeah, and then, of course, this pissed off the GNR community because later on, uh, also in February of 2007, the final version of Better leaked online uh, to positive reviews.
1: Yeah, was this around the time when the Harley Davidson ad was supposed to be with Better? I don't know. I think it was. Was it, that was? I know it was 06, 07. around there. No, I'm
0: not sure. Let's see. Well, let's take a look. Uh, let's move on a little further down here. On May fourth, two thousand seven, three more tracks would leak, and that was IRS, the Blues, and Chinese Democracy. Uh, but all of these have been played live. And let's see. Of course, GNR would tour uh, Mexico in June. And then would go to Australia and Japan later on on that same tour.
1: Legendary shows in Japan there. Um, well, legendary for some people. I don't know. They were pretty interesting ones. I remember, I think there's like um, recordings of a couple of those uh, shows in Japan. I think I have one randomly. I think from Budokan you know, 7, That's a fucking good show.
0: Oh, nice, nice. Uh, I never. I think I've seen that actually. I can't remember.
1: Yeah, because I remember one of those the shows in Japan they did liquor and horrors. I don't know. Both of them are one of them. I know. <laughs> uh, maybe. Yeah, because they were starting maybe. to do liquor and horrors around what '06 up until about 2011, randomly here and there, whenever the Cherry Park Boys would, Park. would come around.
0: Yeah. When their paths would cross randomly. Uh, let's be real. When G&R get bored and call them up. Be like, hey, we want you to do something different. Come on up. Hey, we're here. in
1: Canada. Come here. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: let's see. And then we go to 2008. And now on March 26, 2008, and this is a throwback to our show, Dr. Pepper announced a plan to give everyone in, in America, except for Slash and Buckethead, a free can of Dr. Pepper, if Chinese democracy released before the end of 2008.
1: Oh, shit, we're already fast-forwarding that, (laughs) though, Yeah. I was going to say, well, they're just 2007, so not much happened, I guess.
0: Yeah, so we move up to March. Now, keep that in mind, because we're going to come back to that in a little bit. And uh, let's see. Amidst rumors... In April of 2000 this is April of 2008 amidst rumors that Chinese democracy would be released soon nine tracks supposed to be from the album were leaked to a website but were quickly removed and this was on June 19th but were quickly removed due to a cease and desist letter from the band's label six of the leaked tracks had surfaced previously in some form or another while three were brand new the, let's see, these songs were, well, it doesn't tell what songs they were. The leaked songs were more fleshed out than the previously heard tracks, and on July 14th, Harmonix, in conjunction with MTV Games, officially announced the release of a new song from Chinese Democracy called Shackler's Revenge.
1: Oh, man, I remember when that happened.
0: Through the game Rock Band 2.
1: I fucking remember that happening. I was like, "Holy shit, we're getting a new Guns N' Roses song in Rock Band." Just fucking nuts. That is pretty cool. That's a really interesting way to like, especially at that time when like those music rhythm games were fucking hot as fuck. Oh, dude, I know. I to just pr- promote your music in there, or even throw it up as like DLC, like people would like pay to whatever. You can play the game, the songs in the game, or whatever. Dude,
0: I'm gonna tell you, man. There's still one band that I think. Uh, benefited the most from all that and that's Dragon Force oh hell yeah
1: Fire. there would have been nothing without if, yeah that song and like the fucking difficulty of the song like didn't go viral
0: yeah it became legendary man that became a a big thing man I don't
1: and you see people that. like doing like 100% like full, full FC's on it <laughs> Yeah. Bro, the, the Guitar Hero community on YouTube was, like, fucking something else in, like, the mid to mid-2000s.
0: mid That shit was impressive, man. Until you caught people using hacks.
1: Yeah, or people were just, like, faking it and, like, playing it. <laughs> there was a YouTube video in the background. They were just, like, fucking...
0: Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of that. Man, YouTube used to be amazing, man. There was a time oh, yeah. where it wasn't all this corporate bullshit. Yeah, there before they got bought up by this- Google. Yeah, back... I, I miss the YouTube that was just us making shit for each other. I really wish we had something like that again. I'd give anything to have that platform returned. Uh, but, alas, it's one of those things of yesteryear. Now the kids these days don't have the attention span, so they got TikTok.
1: Yeah. No one has the attention span nowadays, please.
0: Uh, let's see... On October 10th, 2008, the song If the World debuted at the d- during the end credits of the Riley Scott film Body of Lies. Now, I didn't know that
1: one. Yeah, starring one Leonardo DiCaprio, fun fact. <laughs> yeah, there's like an interesting like marketing thing they're doing for this. Put a, Here's a song in Rock Band. We'll throw a song here at the end of some movie. Yeah. Which I'm pretty sure back then probably still cost a pretty penny. I don't know.
0: Yeah, but you can only get the fucking album at Best Buy. Come on, that was stupid.
1: Yeah, that was that was not a smart thing.
0: Speaking of which, uh, Chinese Democracy, the band's sixth studio album, and its first since 1993 Spaghetti Incident, was released on November 22, 2008. the The album had an estimated 14 million dollars in percu- in production costs making it the most expensive rock album to be produced in music history. It debuted on number three on the Billboard Top 200, but quickly undersold expectations, despite generally positive critical reception.
1: Yeah, well, I think what hurt the sales probably was, you know, the Best Buy exclusivity coming from that. Yeah, like, that was strange. That fucking hurt it. But I think by then, like, because I think the reasoning why for that, because, like, this album's been... In you know fucking production hell for years, and they're like, well, let's you know make a quick buck here. Here at Best Buy, buy a, they pretty much bought what probably a million copies of this album already. So it's like, even if you should buy it, one million copies, like one dollar of a fucking CD, whatever. There you go. They already made a million dollars. So That's probably why because they're like, let's make like at least something back from this, and then we'll see whatever we make from whatever other sales we have. Which I get it, but like it's kind of fucking stupid at the same streaming time.
0: Streaming though back.
1: Yeah, well, not at all. I mean, I remember and like Best a week. Buy's
0: not in everybody's town like Walmart is. Like, no, it's true.
1: Because it was a Walmart thing. Like, sure, that would have been fucking amazing. So that's worked for yeah. a lot of other artists where they had Walmart exclusive, you know, releases at least for a time.
0: Best Buy is not everywhere like Walmart is. And let me ask you something: If the Walmart that, if your local Walmart is ten minutes away or Best Buy is an hour and a half away and Guns N' Roses released a new album you're not going to drive the hour and a half in 2008 to go get the fucking album you're going to bootleg it off the internet like everybody else
1: Yeah, or like everyone else did probably when it streamed a week earlier on MySpace yeah yeah it was actually on the official Guns N' of Roses MySpace remember MySpace kids? <laughs> uh, my <laughs> remember your top 8? <laughs> yeah.
0: you would have been in our top 8 listeners all 8 of you
1: yeah all of views on concentratecom. <laughs> uh,
0: this but this is the big story. All right. On November 23rd, the day after the release of Chinese democracy, uh, Tommy Tony Jacobs, mm-hmm. Dr. Peppers vice president of marketing announced that a free soda coupon campaign for 24 hours would go on on Sunday November 23rd however due to heavy volume on the server throughout the entire day it was impossible to submit for a free coupon
1: oh yeah so they, it was a smart marketing idea but you didn't you know plan anything fucking forward then you know announcing the thing so
0: <laughs> yeah they really just... did give the coupons though because Rick's got one.
1: Yeah, they do. So if you were lucky him. enough to fucking get one, sure, but like, you gotta anticipate the worst, man. with A lot of these things.
0: Uh, let's see. On February six, two thousand and nine, Axel Rose gave his first interview in nine years when he sat down with Billboard's Jonathan Cohen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I thought it said Coachman at first, and I was like, I was well, like "Oh, be I was gonna say,
1: even before that, didn't he do like the, the thing on the forums?
0: I'm not sure. I don't have anything. Yeah, those that
1: that December overway. Oh, I remember he was on the forums on some I don't know if it was like MyGeneArt, one of those fucking forums. They're doing like a Q&A. Out the,
0: yeah, where somebody picks out the questions for Yeah, me.
1: he was doing like a Q&A on for the forums and shit.
0: Yeah, I mean that was cool of him to do though. Uh, let's see here. Also in that interview, Rose stated that there's no chance that he would ever agree to a reunion with Slash.
1: Not in his lifetime, kids.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he did say, however, that he would be open to open to working with Izzy Stradlin and Duff McKagan again.
1: Yeah, I've seen. You know, Izzy showed up a bunch of times in like those few years as well. I think between what oh six and even like up into like twenty eleven, twenty twelve. Yeah, even Duff too. I think he filled in for Tommy Stinson. I don't know, maybe that was after. Now, so those uh, years. No, no, he, he
0: filled in during the Tommy Stinson era.
1: Yeah, I remember when Tommy was out doing stuff with the replacements. I think it was yeah. like, 2014, I think.
0: Yeah, in Mexico. In...
1: Yeah, because even think I think they even loaded like opened for Guns N' Roses.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Axel and Duff have been back on good terms for mm-hmm. quite a while. And yeah. I think him and Slash had been back on good terms for a lot longer than before it went public.
1: Yeah, Pro- probably.
0: These motherfuckers could have been talking. I've, I've been saying these motherfuckers were working us. Nice. Of course, you know me. I'm from the wrestling business. I think everything's a fucking work.
1: They're working us into a shoe, brother.
0: I think these motherfuckers been working us. They never. <laughs> the last time we saw, think about it. The last time we saw them on screen together at a concert at the last show. They hugged like they were best friends before they left the stage, and there was no sense of animosity there. I think the yeah. Was well, I don't them. think
1: they'd bring the animosity to the stage. It was more all fucking behind the scenes and shit.
0: It's like, Axel. I got an idea. I'm going to get mad at you. I'm going to leave the band. I'm going to start another band. I'm going to go do my own thing for a few years. The reunion tour will be huge. We'll act like we hate each other. We'll plan it for, oh, I don't know, 20 years from now. Well, 16. Seven years from now. F- who knows? I have got a feeling some of that might be a work. You never know. Be smart. I don't know, because <laughs> Team Brazil keeping that thing quiet.
1: I was going to say shit. If that's, <laughs> if that's the case, that's the fucking most long-term storytelling that we've fucking heard ever. <laughs> Even better than most of the long-term shit in wrestling.
0: Uh, let's see. In March 2009, it was speculated that GNR would uh, do a summer stadium tour. And it was also announced, or it was speculated that they would join and do a summer stadium tour, but it was announced that uh, Robin Fink had departed once again. Mm -hmm. And in March of 2009, it was announced that DJ Ashba would be replacing Robin Fink.
1: DJ Slashba...
0: Yeah, man. Dude, I like DJ.
1: People shit Oh, yeah. DJ. I feel like he doesn't get. I think the two things why he probably gets shit on by Junior fans is because the, the fucking hat. And probably they never really got a chance to actually listen to him on any like, official studio recordings. Like, he probably would have been on the second Chinese Democracy album. But that never happened, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. His version of Better was really good, though.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, the, the one that leaked. Like, even, like, the... He did, um... even recorded, like, his guitar solo spots, too, which are like, really fucking cool.
0: In June of 2009, Irving Azoff, the band's manager, was fired, then rehired, and then fired. A year <laughs> later... Christ. A year later, Azov would sue Axl Rose, claiming that he violated an oral agreement. I'm not going into details about this whole thing. Yeah, there's a
1: whole thing of, um, I think that he was, like, Axl said, like, he was trying to, like, sabotage the band and, like, force yeah. him to reunite with Slash and whatever, so, like, they could have a reunited Guns N' Roses with Van Halen on some fucking stadium tour,
0: which would have been fucking insane. But, uh,. It says here, upon realizing that he couldn't bully Rose to accomplish his scheme, off resigned and then abandoned Guns N' Roses on the eve of a major tour. Uh, filling suit... Uh, let's see, filing suit for... Uh, he, fought, he filed suit, goddammit, for commissions that he didn't earn and he had no right to receive. Uh, the lawsuit was settled due to a mutual satisfaction of the parties in 2011. Several years later, GNR's management, led by Bethelabias and her family, stated that previous tensions led to the ultimatum of no more managers. So this is where Team Brazil snaked their way
1: in. Pretty much, because was a few aft, like leading up to this, I think like it was like still Doug Goldstein up until what like the late '90s, early 2000s, and then it was fucking some other dude. Oh, Merck Macuriadas, and then I guess the, they got he fired. He got fired. And he went with Azov. and now it's like. Oh, look, Team Brazil's here. Like, we're already your personal manager's Axel. So let's just manage everything else about your life. Sure.
0: God. <laughs> Kick them people to the curb. God damn it. Anyway, in 2010, Guns N' Roses headlined the Friday Night Reading Festival at, uh, or the close Leeds- <coughs> the Leeds Festival.
1: Leeds Reading, yeah, big, uh, festival sort of there's like two different like festivals that go like concurrent in England.
0: Yeah. And uh, they were an hour late coming on stage and because a oh, curfew typical. had been issued that the uh show ends at midnight, the band did not get to finish their set. However, they attempted to perform Paradise City without amplification while the amplification while the audience sang along. <laughs> and uh let's see they said that they would not play the Leeds Festival because of uh, the whole situation. They were pissed off about it. However, they did two days later. So They still did. Yeah, not, yeah. They, they only Listen, here's some
1: stage, more so money. So fuck money. off. That's it. Yeah.
0: And uh, let's see. Oh, also 2010 was the Dublin show. Uh, September 1st in Dublin. The band was over an hour late arriving on the stage Rose stopped the band in the middle of the second song after multiple bottles were thrown on the stage, warning the crowd, one more bottle and we (laughs) go home. It's up to you. And they did. We would like to stay, we want to stay, and we want to have some fun. Then another bottle was thrown and the band left the stage during the fourth song of the set. The band returned to the stage an hour later and finished the show, and it was one of the greatest shows of that fucking period. Axel was pissed and stood in one place the whole time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Remember that? I was say,
1: 2010 was an interesting fucking year for this band, man. Um, yeah,
0: it really was. And also in October of 2010, Duff McKagan joined the band on stage for the first time since leaving uh, in, at the O2 in London, England. He performed oh, You Could Be Mine, Nice Boys, Knocking on Heaven's Door, and Patience with the band.
1: Yeah, this was cool because like around this era, they're just throwing out like random stuff they've been playing forever. Like "Nice Boys," when was that last played? Like '87. <laughs> a fucking
0: good one
1: though. Yeah, it was like the late '80s. Maybe they probably brought busted out here and there on the Illusions tour, but like, you haven't fucking yeah. heard that song in like 20 years, and you're just busting that out. Like, all right, sweet. Yeah, man. I was gonna say even some tidbits before. I think we go into 2011 too. Like um, '09, those last four shows, like the, those four shows they did at like the end of the year there. Um, Tokyo Dome, that was the longest Guns N' Roses show from what I remember, I think up till then, and then it was beat out later on, but that was the longest show of the Chinese Democracy Tour. I
0: think that was the longest show for a long time,
1: uh... At one California, I think they did, it was like four hours.
0: I mean, later on, yeah, but that was during the, that was after Slash and them came out.
1: Yeah, that was... Yeah, it was 2017, I think, was, like, the end of um, that that leg of Not In This Lifetime.
0: Uh, Going back to the Duff McKagan joining him on stage in 2010, uh, this is uh, the story. It says, apparently, that appearance by Duff was a spur-of-the-moment decision as he and Rose happened to bump into each other staying in the same hotel. Rose told the audience that there was a guy at the end of my hallway playing this music all loud and shit playing all this half-loud music and shit. So I went, what the fuck? And then I said, oh, it's Duff. So if that story's true, then...
1: It's fucking hilarious. It's the first time I've seen you in 20 fucking years. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> now we get on to 2011. Ooh. Here's some good memories for everybody. Guns N' Roses performed Rockin' Rio 4. On October 2nd, 2011, during heavy rain.
1: Uh, the infamous yellow raincoat axle.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Bumblefoot stated that due to the conditions, it was the worst concert he'd ever been a part of. I fucking
1: agree. I agree. Well, I think when you decide to put a Stormtrooper helmet on and like try and play a solo with like something blocking your fucking vision, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be pretty shitty. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think he was just trying anything to try. Oh to- my
1: god! And especially like in South America, those fans like ripped him, ripped his ass apart for screwing up the Welcome to the Jungle solo.
0: Yeah, they're not very forgiving. Bumblefoot, they're not I- Guitars though. Oh hell yeah! Uh, two months later, during a performance in Nashville, Tennessee, Civil War made its return after an eighteen-year absence.
1: Jeez.
0: Also in 2011, Axl Rose gave his first TV interview to Eddie Trunk and the other dudes. I don't know their names.
1: Oh, it was Maybe the VH1, that, that metal show, yeah.
0: Yeah. And then Izzy Stradlin would join the band for a surprise performance in France and also, let's see here. Actually, that was at a wedding. That was at somebody's fucking wedding.
1: Oh yeah, because that was the like this like the era of like Junar doing like random like acoustic sets in like yeah. just like small clubs. I think they did one somewhere in France as well.
0: Like those Rose Club bar sessions. Oh,
1: the Rose Bar. You were in the Rose Bar, baby. Yeah.
0: Uh, let's see. On December seventh, two thousand eleven, it was announced that the classic lineup, and they did state the classic lineup huh. a million fucking times in every bit of promotion they wanted mm-hmm. you to fucking know that that wasn't the band it wasn't about the band it was about what used to be the fucking band mm-hmm. would be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and
1: I think Matt Sorum was including that too
0: yeah here's something cool. yeah gonna be the classic lineup this was a yeah. scheme to try to get Axel to reunite before he was
1: ready I think, that yeah, possibly, too. I mean, but poor Gilby got fucking snubbed.
0: Why would, exactly, why would they do Matt Sorum? But they wouldn't, because Steven Adler couldn't drum a whole tour. This was a yeah. setup. This was a setup to try to force Axel to reunite again, and it didn't fucking work. Mm-hmm. Like, he saw through this shit, but he didn't want to say he saw through it and piss off the fans and come off as an asshole. Because then it'd be exactly what it was. Everybody calling Axel an asshole for not showing up. But he was smart enough to see through this bullshit and so was Izzy Stradlin. But you know what? Izzy didn't get near as much fucking hate for not showing up.
1: Yeah, because people figure he wouldn't. I mean, Izzy's not the guy to show up to public shit like that anymore. At that time, no.
0: I don't
1: know. Dude was now fucking you- off on his tour bus writing his like, 17th album or something.
0: One thing that's really cool about this, I've told you about my best friend, Reese. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he was in town a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, hanging with me. And uh, his favorite band is the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And it was really cool to me that both of our favorite bands uh, went into the Hall of Fame on the same night. So, I just want to say that. That was really neat. Um, let's see, but a lot of people thought this was when the reunion was going to happen. But, uh, fast mm-hmm. forward to April. Of I mean, it would have been a
1: perfect, like, yeah, that would have been a perfect launch off point if, big if in quotes, there was supposed to be a reunion.
0: Yeah. So April 11th, 2012, Axl Rose released an open letter to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, GNR fans and whom it may concern saying that he would not be intending the induction. He stated I respectfully decline my induction as a member of Guns N' Roses to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, and he called it a complicated and an awkward situation and after the ceremony he released a statement on the band's Facebook page apologizing to the city of Cleveland uh, and detailing reasons why he was not attending. He said I still don't exactly uh, know or understand what the hall is or why it makes money or where the money goes who chooses the voters and why anyone on the board decides who of all of the out of all of the artists would contribute to the genre is officially rock enough to be in the hall of fame
1: and he's not fucking wrong about that he hit it straight on straight in the head man yep
0: yeah. Uh, let's see, but then April 14th, uh, was the first of what we thought for many years would be the closest thing to a GNR reunion we would get when the classic lineup of Guns and Roses, Slash, Duff McKagan, Gilby Clark, Steven Adler, Matt Sorum, were all reunited at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The group performed, uh, Mr. Brownstone, Sweet Child of Mine in Paradise City with Miles Kennedy as the vocalist in Rose's Absence. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it was all a really great day. Uh, that was still a good day, even without Axel. That was a really cool. I'd say so, yeah. Go down. Also, in early 2012, it was announced that Guns N' Roses would start its Up Close and Personal shows. The only t-shirt I got from that era that hadn't fallen apart yet. It's my Up Close and Personal The tagline was, once in a lifetime, me and Rick went twice. (laughs) And uh, also, 2012 is when they did the residency in Las Vegas, Appetite for Democracy.
1: That was the first round, I think, of the Vegas shows.
0: Yeah, the last round of Vegas shows was the last time. that uh, We'll get to that in a little bit. I'm sure Mm. it's going to be in here. Uh, This is also during uh, 2012. Uh, actually the, uh, it was recorded in 2012, but in typical GNR fashion, the DVD for Appetite for Democracy wouldn't be released until 2014.
1: Yeah. Two years fucking later. Jesus. It was a Uh, year later. Sure. But fuck two years. Really?
0: Yeah. Def Leppard did a residency, recorded a DVD, recorded a whole fucking album while they were there and released Mm. all of that shit long before the GNR one came out.
1: Yeah, what the I'
0: I'd like to have went to that Death Electric residency. That looked really cool to
1: me. Damn right.
0: Uh, also we got the bridge school benefit. Chris oh.
1: Pittman's
0: Epic Towel happened in 2012.
1: And Axel Rose in is Battle of Strep Throw.
0: Yeah, yeah, fucking.
1: <laughs> and fucking oh my god. I
0: still don't believe it. That. that was bullshit. Uh, it was an outfit. No, he forgot the words, and they went into damage control. That's all. Yeah, it's like,
1: control. where's my teleprompter? <laughs> uh,
0: the Golden God Awards uh, gave an award to Axl Rose during, uh, and let's see. It was
1: like a Lifetime Achievement Award or something. Like, Nick Cage was there and gave it to him.
0: Yeah, that's right. And uh, Duff McKagan joined GNR on bass. For a few tour, for a few shows in Brazil and Portugal, uh, because Tommy Stinson had rejoined the replacements and couldn't make it to those shows. And then we fast forward to 2014. The band had its final residency in this iteration and Las Vegas at the joint titled No Trickery, An Evening of Destruction. And I was there for the last two shows of this version of the band. To me, the reunion is great, but to me, all of my best GNR memories are from that version of the band. And I know a lot of fans out there aren't going to agree with me or they're going to bitch about DJ or Bumble or whatever, I don't really give a fuck. That was my favorite era. That's where I had all my best memories. Those guys were really cool. The fuck Pittman was cool to me. So, you know, I'm not going to lie. I do miss that band. And I wish, even if, I wish that those guys would find a way to work together on something Mm. else if they can't be a part of GNR. I would really like to hear what those guys could do together with a different singer. Maybe even Sebastian Bach. Fuck it, Miles Kennedy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, that, that would probably be a better fucking uh, band than you know Sebastian Bach's solo band. Well, in
0: 2015, uh, well, Bumblefoot left. I don't care what this says. Bumblefoot left in 2014. DJ Ashba announced on July 27th, 2015 that he had left the band uh Bumblefoot had left and so had Tommy Stenson mm-hmm. and uh let's see Frank said he wasn't going anywhere but <laughs> Frank was <clarified>, fucking leaving <laughs> everybody was wondering what the fuck was going on with GNR and Frank fair uh clarified the status of the band in mid, in mid- 2015 saying Guns N' Roses still exists They have a lot of moving parts, and there's a lot of things in the works, but everything is moving forward. And, uh, let's see, in December, Axl Rose would appear on Jimmy Kimmel Live, you remember that? Oh, yeah. And in January of 2016, Guns N' Roses was officially announced as the headliner of Coachella.
1: I think it was, like, leaked the month before, though. And then there was, like, the trailers playing before, like, in movie theaters and shit.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Because then there was yeah. another planned um, thing. Axel was supposed to be on some late night show, and then that got canceled because, like, well, yeah, the news already leaked. On,
0: yeah, he was supposed to be on Jimmy uh, Jimmy Camel.
1: Again, yeah, after the last time, which was, like, years ago.
0: Yeah. Well, it had been a year ago.
1: Oh, yeah, because it was promoting the Vegas residency.
0: Yeah. Finally, on March 25th, 2016, Guns N' Roses announced the Not In This Lifetime tour when Slash and Duff McKagan were officially re re Re-re-what's the word I'm looking for? We're Re-welcomed?
1: Re- yeah, we're we're rejoining the band, basically.
0: Yeah, I was trying to be a little more elegant, Caputo. I was trying to use big fancy words. They are
1: returning. They announced their return to GNR.
0: That's not a big fancy word.
1: Whatever. Are, I don't know. So. There you go.
0: There you go. It's close enough. Perfect. <laughs> uh yeah, and it kicked off with a gig at the troubadour. Woo. But before all of that happened, there was one more thing that took place. Let me find it on here.
1: Oh yeah, that secret show at the Troubadour, man. That was some shit. <laughs> Let's see. The first show back and Axel breaks his leg.
0: Chris Pittman
1: ah oh, oh, yes.
0: band just prior to this.
1: In a drunken stupor, no more, no less.
0: Yes. And uh, then, let's see here. Previously announced the, membership of the Troubadour. And Melissa Reese was uh, brought in to replace Chris Pittman. Mm-hmm. And Axl Rose. What was the thing that would happen that would mark the Troubadour show? and show us that this tour of Slash and Duff reuniting with the band was definitely not cursed? Well, Rose fell off a monitor and broke his foot at the very first
1: show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but still, he trucked through it. He was a trooper. He played right through it, man. You gotta okay. give him respect. The old Axe would have been like, fuck this, I'm going home. But he played through it.
0: Damn straight. And, uh... And then he would sit on the throne. We would get the throne era of GNR for a little uh, while.
1: Yeah, the first few months of 2016, even even leading into, uh, I guess, where you're going to next with Axel DC.
0: Mm-hmm. That's actually the very next thing. Axel Rose joined ACDC for touring. Yeah. To replace Brian Johnson, unfortunately, uh, he would uh, he would come back though. Brian would come back, and Axel wouldn't be needed. But um, yeah.
1: Uh, dude yeah I'm like bro. so Brian's back now in East DC are they gonna fucking tour or not like I'm still waiting for something man the album's been off for what, almost a year now
0: yeah, I think they're waiting to figure out this COVID shit before they announce anything or they so lucky, dude. they're like old fuck them they're old they're rich let them retire fuck let them
1: retire yeah that's true and- too they'll just record music every couple of years and that's it
0: I'd be fine with that I mean, it sucks because I really want to see ACDC live Mm -hmm. someday. But at the same time, you know, I get it. I would understand. Uh, Let's see. So the Not In This Lifetime Tour just kind of powered on.
1: Rolling on. They just keep adding more dates, more shit.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, They did the whole stadiums.
0: And that was the last big thing that happened before 2018, when they released the box set and uh, released "Shadow of Your Love" as a uh, single.
1: What you mean "quote unquote" released? Well, know, hadn't
0: released previously had it.
1: It was what on "Live Like a Suicide," wasn't it? Or
0: I don't remember.
1: Oh, fuck, yeah. But, it, it yeah, there was, like, a live version, a quote-unquote live version floating around beforehand. But oh, this yeah. was, like, I think the first uh, thing of a studio version. But, like, there is a whole story behind that. And, you know, is it really a studio version or, like, is it really to be yeah. recorded with some parts well, being recorded? You know, like, there's, like, I some live era 99 shit.
0: I think Jeff spilled the beans on a lot of that. Um, then they'd go back on tour and nothing would happen again until, uh, well, there was something huge that happened, uh, in 2018 around September. No, Mm -hmm. that was 2019 around September. This show came along. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, then let's see in 2020, of course we all know what happened there.
1: Yeah, shit at the fan the world stood still, still.
0: Yeah, they just, and the band just announced a North American Stadium tour, but that got put on hold.
1: Yeah, they uh, got postponed uh, to next year, and then a lot of the dates got canceled, rescheduled, whatever. And now they're on another tour.
0: Finally, the last piece I got is August 6th, 2021. The band released Absurd.
1: The first new material in f- fucking what, 13 years?
0: So it's been a hell of a 14 years for a GNR fan.
1: Dude, definitely. We only got, what, 15 songs in 14 years? <laughs> I mean, not including the leaks. <laughs> so now I bring it to about 30 like, something.
0: We got 15 songs in 14 years. That's pretty great. God, God damn it. it. I didn't think of that, but that is uh, that's pretty good, man. Good call. Good call. Well, you want to get good in the song?
1: Yeah, speaking of, let's get right into the song, man. And we'll go we'll shoot some more facts about the song too during uh whenever. I got the lyrics pulled up and everything, so we'll go through those.
0: Right on. Here we go. Gotcha. <clears throat> And Dizzy Reed is such a beast. I say this all the time when we get a song that features Dizzy in it. But goddamn, Dizzy Reed, he ain't no joke.
1: Oh, yeah, dude. He's rocking the fuck out of that organ on this track.
0: Yeah, and the piano.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, actually, hang on. That's Axel on piano. Sorry. That's Axel on piano? Yeah, so it's actually... Uh, he's on backing vocals and piano on this song. Dizzy's doing the lead vocals. And you got Duff on backing vocals, too. I
0: don't know why they never played this like that live, or have they?
1: Yeah, they only played this when Izzy was around, that's it.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was only performed live, yeah, yeah. if you came back. It was uh, actually part of this in a few live concerts in 2012, when Izzy played some shows there. I was there. Yeah, oh shit.
0: Yep. of that old school rock. Mm-hmm. we start with lyrics you read us some lyrics and let's see if we can come up with what it's about and then when we pause again later on we'll do some facts
1: yeah um so the first verse i try and feel the sunshine you bring the rain you try and hold me down with your complaints you cry and moan and complain you whine and tear up to my neck and sorrow up to my neck and sorrow the touch you bring you just don't step inside to 14 years so hard to keep my own head. That's why I say, you know, I've been the beggar, i played the thief, I was the dog they all tried to beat. But it's been fourteen years of silence. It's been fourteen years of pain. It's <laughs> been fourteen years that I count forever, and I'll fucking never have again. Well, yeah. sorry, I like singing the chorus. <laughs>
0: That's a fun song to sing
1: it's a fucking fun song, man. um let's get more into it just the way like the piano and like everything the guitars and everything just like meshes so well.
0: oh yeah, dude. that's one I was talking about a lot when we were doing getting dizzy with it that whole piano rock. I fucking love that shit. Dude, I'm going to tell you, man, well, fucking meeting Izzy Stradlin, that was one of the weirdest days of my life, but man, I'm so glad it happened. Oh, dude,
1: was fucking awesome, man.
0: It was a little embarrassing, I was coming out of a place called the Pink Taco. <laughs> Maybe he'll understand when
1: he's <laughs> Yeah.
0: Actually, I think he was a little more embarrassed because he didn't know where sound check was. That's uh, the story of a GNR fan. We just told you the whole story. It really has been 14 years. Ah, well, that's not fair. We did get Chinese Democracy in that time. So. An
1: album plus one leftover.
0: Two? Shadow of your love.
1: Yeah, well, if you want to count that, that's a... Uh, that Whatever, sure.
0: That didn't exactly, uh break the news like uh, fucking Absurd did.
1: Yeah, but you know we also got seven versions that moved to the city and that they have two boxes. I out. know, right? There you go. I
0: mean, shit. God, be grateful, people.
1: Yeah, man, you got like 17 acoustic versions that moved to the city now. Yeah, okay.
0: <laughs> Damn right you did.
1: You pack your bags back, and you move to the city.
0: Oh, God. Not even a good song. Uh-uh. We'll, we'll cover that song in
1: the day. Huh? Yeah, for sure. I'm looking forward to it actually.
0: You got some facts about 14 years. Let's throw some facts
1: there. Uh, so the title is a reference to the friendship between Izzy Stradlin and Axel Rose. Apparently, they had known each other for 14 years when the song was written in 1990. Um, when Stradlin presented the song to Axel or song to Rose, Axel told him he was also working on a song called "14 Years." So he used parts of both of these songs to create song to create one, basically. Yeah, so in this song Axel Rose lashes out at critics who did not give or is this not is this part of it? Um Yeah, so it says Yeah, you then it too much. yeah so Axel Rose lashes out at critics who did not give G&R credit for paying their dues. The lyrics reflect the destitute poverty, dangerous circumstances they endured as they worked their way up. In concerts, Axel sometimes introduced the song by saying, "This is for all those who have the impression that we are any form of an overnight success." Surprised an intro of Get in the Ring with that. Oh uh, yeah. That was never played live. What the fuck?
0: Get in the Ring was it?
1: I don't think it was ever performed live, maybe like once.
0: Huh. I didn't know that.
1: I don't think so. I will to look that up after.
0: That's a hell of a fucking solo.
1: Oh hell yeah!
0: Did you find out about getting the ring?
1: Um. Oh, curious. let me see. Hang on.
0: If we don't find out, oh, we'll have ball. to wait till the getting the ring episode, folks. It's gonna get its own episode someday. Radio, host along with me. Everybody said, oh, You can't
1: help it, man. It's good shit. Just
0: like a hooker, she said, That's my deaf
1: voice.
0: Fourteen years. Guns and Roses.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I can't find anything about getting in the ring. So oh, well. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll figure that out once we actually review that song. That's one oh, of my like, it that's it one of my we'll te- Have to remember that. Yeah. When the ring comes. Up. This is long-term storytelling here on Guns and Radio. <laughs>
0: if we remember, which we probably won't, just
1: go get in the, the ring, ring. Get in the ring.
0: <laughs> uh, who's going first this week?
1: I'll go first, man. This is a fucking killer song, dude. Like, this is one Guns N' Roses song I will probably never skip. Just because it's just, it's a damn good time, this song, man. Even low key, if like, Izzy Stroud just wrote a song with Axel singing back vocals about it, about shitting on Axel. Yeah. <laughs> just fuck your friendship.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna I mean, make you sing a song about
1: how a shit human being you are.
0: So this is so this is Guns N' Roses equivalent to Go Your Own Way by Fleetwood Mac.
1: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Possibly.
0: pretty close.
1: Possibly, man. But like everything just fucking flows on this track. The piano, the drums, the guitar, everything's like in sync. It's a damn good time. It's a damn good fucking jam. Um Oh, fuck it. Five out of five. This is one of the best songs on, um, years of illusion too. So,
0: Oh yeah, I completely agree with you. Uh, I agree with you on just about everything, man. This song is definitely one that's currently in my playlist gets played pretty regularly. Uh, I love this song, have a lot of great memories tied to this song and, uh, it will never be anything less than a five out of five in my book as well. So with that, what are we gonna do for the season finale of the Guns and Radio podcast? Well, we're not gonna spin the wheel. We've actually decided what we yeah. want to do.
1: We, but, we swerved you again because I believe we said in the beginning of this episode that we were gonna.
0: Yeah, uh, it's a swerve. Swerve, uh, bro. I'm you telling want to you, bro. Find out what is gonna be the song that we're going to review. And the big season two finale of Guns and Radio. You're going to have to come back this Saturday for an all new edition of Shotcast Saturday. But hey, it won't all be for anything. Because mm-hmm. not only do we got what you want when we reveal what the song is going to be. But we also got what you want by Daughtry featuring Slash. Uh, to close out the Summer Slash on ShotKast Hell yeah, man.
1: Saturday. What I Want, Daughtry and Slash. That's a fucking killer song. And uh, you're going to listen to our review of it on Saturday, the finale of the Summer Slash uh, sort of series here on Shotcast Saturday. Plus, we'll get to hear what we're going to cover Monday in our big grand finale.
0: Uh, season two. And now, for the last time, uh, for our last full episode of season two. We're signing off
1: mm-hmm.
0: before the finale, I should say. Yeah,
1: because
0: that's more of a pay- That's more like the pay per view. This is the go home show. This is like yeah. Monday- This is like the Friday night SmackDown before the pay per view on Sunday. Got mm. uh, and then there's like Velocity in the middle. That's what's yeah. <laughs> you get your C shows with the fucking jobbers. <laughs> but man, thank you guys. For uh, being there with us for two whole fucking years.
1: Two um, years of solitude. <laughs> two been, years of pain. <laughs>
0: it's so weird to think though about how long this has been going on. Like we've been doing. Dude, this it's we haven't missed an episode. We haven't like missed that. a week in two years. We haven't. And hopefully, we'll continue that trend.
1: And we've done uh, fucking double most of those weeks too.
0: <laughs> yeah, and sometimes we tape in advance. Uh, I know, I know. By God, when we get into season three, there's gonna be another blitz uh, mm-hmm. period for us where we're gonna tape several shows, and I'm just telling you, it's because Dustin Bones needs a fucking break. So that's how we, that's how we <laughs> uh, really, do it. Really, really, man. We tape a bunch of shit at once. We take our break. We play that for you while we're on hiatus, and then you never know that we were on hiatus to begin with.
1: Yeah, <laughs> literally.
0: we've gone on what three different hiatuses during this and never missed a week
1: that's true that's true always during the holidays so
0: oh yes especially during the holidays but uh man we look forward to you guys being there thank you for I can't remember what we asked you to do to get this bonus show get us some twitter followers and some facebook followers
1: yeah it was pretty much that
0: (laughs) and you guys did it you guys supported us you've been with us every step of the way and I just want to say we sincerely appreciate it. But until next time, I'm Dusty Bones.
1: I'm Chris Caputo. We'll join us Saturday. And join us Monday, the season two finale. Can't fucking miss that shit. Peace.